the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, driven by Calusi Chevrolet, serving the Pittsburgh area for over 100 years. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home on 101.5 Word FM. And now here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Uh, I like Jimmy Cagney in the studio here. Hey, welcome. Happy that you're uh, you're with us here for the Tuesday edition of the Ride Home. Sun is shining ever so bright. It's here. I mean, well, it's it's coming, right? No, it's here. No, sp- spring is upon us. Even though it's chilly out there, 46 degrees. You look at the, the nine-day forecast, I think we're popping towards 70 on Sunday. So, hallelujah. Hey, Kath has the day off. She'll be uh, she'll be back on uh, Wednesday, taking a little uh, little time off, which is excellent. I got some weird news. You know, isn't it funny how um, not funny? Oftentimes it's tragic. How how bad news arrives in clumps. And that do you find that to be the truth in your life? You know, oh, this thing happened, and then this thing happened, and that. You know. The fact of the matter is, and I'm not telling you anything you don't already know, that life is hard. Life is hard. And no matter who we are in life, you know, you can be uh, the potentate of the principalities of Shemuta and, uh, you know, living that high life, or you can be average, you know, lunch lunchback Joe and just getting by. Life is hard. Difficulty is an equal opportunity crusher uh, to be sure i mean you know the degree of life severities uh, severities they, they differ of course from person to person because you know as i write this the hospitals are filled with people who are desperately clinging to life you think about all those little babies and all those little kids in children's hospital that's hard life i'm, I'm thinking about uh, people af- affected by you know deep and brutal things, people who live in chronic pain or psychological difficulties or brought up in poverty, which they'll never escape. I mean, life is hard. And in every season in our lives, in every place in our existence, there's this tension and conflict. That's what it is to be alive, isn't it? Tension and conflict. And from the wrenching reality of, of, of losing loved ones to Sicilian conveniences of, you know, I don't know, fill in the blank of the silly inconvenience in your life. What's more, when the difficulties of life show up, what do we crave? Explanation. Tell us why. Please give me the answer behind the difficulty of my momentary life problem. We can't help but search for meanings in the face of tragedy and pain. The inclination is part of what makes us us, right? We're curious about the heartbreak, so how do we get over it? How do we get through it, past it? We can't find answers ourselves. We come up with our own. And if you're like me, your answer is often not a good one. Consequently, our bad answers cause us to respond to pain in ways that can cause more pain to ourselves and others. Right? Isn't that the case? All you got to do is look at the headlines and you see that. That our bad answers cause us to respond to pain in ways 
that can cause more pain to ourselves and to others. You know, life is hard because why? I'll tell you why. One reason, the world's broken, right? In an attempt to alleviate the complications of the Christian story when the creator created everything, and then the creation rejects the creator, and then this rejection is fracturing the eternity of creation. Yeah, that's the truth of it. As a result, nothing is is as it should be. Nothing is. We are living in a deeply flawed, imperfect world. We are all to blame for the brokenness of our lives. We've all rejected God in some way. For God and his goodness is what we should ascribe to. So, of course, life is hard and the world is broken because we, we ascribe to say, I know the Lord, but I also reject the Lord. And why is life hard? Well, life is hard because of you and me. Sometimes our lives are hard because we are sinners. Not sometimes. More often than not, we are sinners. We make bad decisions accidentally and willfully. And these choices make our lives a lot harder. Our life is hard because we are not only doing evil things, but then we don't respond well when the consequences come. Life is not hard because of us all the time, but it is a lot more of the time harder because of the things and the foolish ways that we react when we do the stupid things which cause the sin, like a dog chasing its tail. Life is hard because of you and me. But Jesus He graciously forgives us when we confess that our sin has dishonored him and made life complicated and difficult. Thank you for grace, Lord and Savior. Why is life hard? Oftentimes life's hard because of somebody else, right? Sometimes life is hard not because the world is broken or not because we are personally sinning, but because others sin against us. That's the story of of Job. It's the story of the man who was left for dead in the parable of the Good Samaritan. It's the story of Jesus. Life is hard because of others. In love, Jesus washes and cleanses us when the sins of others have harmed us. And why is life hard? Life is hard because God is good. <laughs> life is hard because God is good. Many of life's difficulties are by design. I believe this. In his kindness, God has intentionally shape the world in such a way that effort will be required to accomplish significant change, progress, and reward, right? So from the beginning, Adam is given a job to work the ground and to cultivate and shape creation. In other words, work showed up in the beginning. And when that's embraced as a gift from God, work makes us stronger, more collaborative, smarter, more skilled, more open, more generous, and on and on and on. Look, life is hard because God is good. And Jesus used these hard things in life to make us strong and more like him. And praise God that he does. The conclusion is this, that life is hard because God is greater. Right? We are affected in every way, but we are not crushed. Perplexed, but not driven to despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. Always carrying in the body the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our bodies. That's uh, 2 Corinthians 4, 8 through 10. Life is hard, but God is greater. Life is hard for many reasons, but through it all, we are being made more into the image of God. Life is hard. 
Life is hard because the world is broken. Life is hard because of you and me. Life is hard because of somebody else, uh, uh, someone else. And life is hard because God is good. But life is hard because God is greater. In other words, we long for the day when our craving for meaning will be fully and finally satisfied in God himself. Because left to our own devices, life will continue to be hard. And of course, it will always be hard. But knowing your life is hard and that Christ is with you makes things a heck of a lot easier, does it not? Hey, thanks for being with us this uh, sunny Tuesday afternoon. Tony Turner is with us in a few minutes. Tony Turner is going to talk about race, teenage boys, Antoine Rose, and Grace. That's straight ahead. It's The Ride Home with John and Kathy. 101.5 WORD. Israel is a hot mess. So God sends the prophet Isaiah with a solemn warning. Did the people listen? Did they set aside their power, money, and influence and then turn to God? Well, hop aboard the Bible bus and find out. As this week, we set our GPS to the Old Testament and learn how Isaiah's words from long ago are also appropriate for our country and every country of the world today. Through the Bible, this evening at 9 p.m. on 101.5 WORD. Why get stuck with a Medicare plan that leaves you at a disadvantage? Medicare open enrollment season has been extended through March 31st. This is Kathy Emmons. Take advantage of your final opportunity this year to make a one-time switch to real Medicare coverage that includes traditional Medicare Part B and the Part D prescription drug plan. The team at Marley Financial knows Medicare's confusing. They know you have questions, and their team of experts can guide you through all the options available to help you make the best choice possible. A comprehensive Medicare plan that lets you access any doctor or hospital you want without a referral, with lower deductibles, and co-pays that are little to none. A Medicare plan that's focused not just on cost, but quality. Don't get stuck paying thousands in out-of-pocket expenses. Call Marley Financial today at 724-884-1497. Deadline is March 31st. Call 724-884-1496, 724-884-1496, or visit MarleyFG.com. The following statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. Amberin trials tested mild to moderate symptoms. Testimonial is based on 90 days of use. Results may vary. Nielsen, U.S. XAOC, 52 weeks, dollar sales. Hi, I'm Mary Lou Retton, and I want to talk to you about something I haven't liked to talk about until now, my menopause. All my life, I've had energy, energy to win gold in 84. But when menopause hit me with the hot flashes and night sweats, I began to feel sluggish every day. That all changed when I discovered Amberin. Amberin safely relieves 12 menopause symptoms by helping to restore your hormonal balance. Amberin is 100% drug-free and estrogen-free. Amberin is America's number one menopause relief supplement in dollar sales. Thanks to Amberin, my fear of hot flashes is gone. My sheets aren't soaked every night, and my energy is back. Give Amberin a try and see what it can do for you. It works. It really works. Hurry to your Walmart, Walgreens, Target, and other fine retailers nationwide and get Amberin today. Robinson Township Christian School celebrates a 40-year legacy of producing college-bound, lifelong learners whose lives are marked by wisdom, knowledge, and a compassion for others. At the airport area's only K-12 classical Christian school, students grow to love learning, think deeply, and communicate effectively from a biblical foundation. Robinson Township Christian School, now enrolling preschool through 12th grade at rtcsonline.org. I need help. My husband just 
told me he wants a divorce. Focus of the Family is here to strengthen marriages. Do you think you and your spouse have what it takes to help us do that? We think you do. All the ups and downs, the mistakes, the conflicts, you've overcome them so you know there's hope. When you share that hope with others, you help Focus and the Family save marriages. Begin your journey as a Focus Marriage Mentor. Find out how at FocusOnTheFamily.com slash Marriage Mentors. Hey, thanks for being with us this Tuesday afternoon. Kath has a day off. Tony Turner's with us. We love Tony. Always a, a vessel of peace. Tony Turner is a pastor here in the city. She's been with us um, many, many times over the years. Tony, my friend, welcome. Why, thank you for inviting me. Always a pleasure to see your bright and shining face. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Yes. Nice, okay. nice day in the neighborhood, too. Surely is. Mm-hmm. Okay, so here we are again, Tony. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, Antoine Rose, uh, the state of race, teenage boys, grace, anger, police. Grief. Here it is again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, uh, what do you do? Well, I think that what we do, and since we're on a Christian radio station here, we can say, well, what we do is, first of all, we seek the face of God. And we take our emotions to him. Um, he understands all of that, you know, that we have the grief. Anger goes along with that. Uh, I don't care whether it's a situation that, you know, where someone's life is taken prematurely or not. There is an element of anger there. But in this situation, there, this city is hurt. The city is hurt. I know that the uh, the black community is hurt, but all of us should hurt because— Definitely. It, it's a wound, um, once again, that, uh, you know, something was cut short, and we don't understand why. And um, in addition to that, I know that uh, we look for some kind of justice, some kind of reasoning, some kind of something to heal and, and bring uh, peace to the situation. The, the thing about anger is that, you know, the scripture actually says, you know, be angry, but don't sin. It says not to let the sun go down on your anger. Sure. So what do you do with that anger? You know, and that, and as I was saying before, you know, I take my anger to the Lord. And if I have to take it to the Lord 99 times, <laughs> you know, in a day, I'm going to do that, you know, because he's the only one that has the right to remain anger. Um, it, I, the scripture I'm talking about is in Ephesians chapter 4. It says to be angry, but then later on it says put away certain things like anger right. and bitterness. We leave that part out. And we we feel like we have, we're, we have a right to be angry, you know, but we don't have that, you know. And um, as far as, as uh, you know, the Lord bringing justice, he's the only one that can. Government can't do it. No. It's not about Government that, cannot right. do it, but uh, we do need to seek certain solutions, and I think the solutions are out there. Oh, there's definitely out there, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, sin is sin, and you know. Mm-hmm. So uh, Antoine Rose is dead. Uh, Officer Rosfeld, his life has changed forever. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, people say, "Well, uh, Antoine Rose, you know, uh, put himself in a bad situation." And uh, part of a drive-by shooting, and so he shouldn't have been there in the first place. And of course, you know, you know, you nod your head at that. 
But, of course, no one's happy that a child has died, that a young man has been killed. Mm -hmm. No one's happy with that at all. When it comes to to peer pressure, kids don't really always know what they're getting into. You know, I'm I'm, I'm looking at the political environment with somebody saying, you know, give the – 16-year-olds the right to vote. Oh, my goodness. I was just telling, telling Mike uh, sh- uh, a short while ago, when I was 16, I graduated from high school when I was 16. I was smart, but I was crazy. Right. Okay, I did, you know, I should have ne- never been sent away to college <laughs> in my state of mind. But, um, you know, at that state, uh, at that stage of our lives, we are mostly emotion. Mm-hmm. And we're driven by peer pressure. And it's not that these kids don't hurt because they do. Sure. It's not that the kids are not angry because they are. They do not understand what has gone on. But I, I heard, I watched the video of them um, marching uh, yesterday and such a powerful noise that they made. And I said, you know, these are all kids that need to know the Lord. These are all kids. I don't want to see them perish. Every single one of them has a purpose for being on this planet. Yes. And if the church does nothing else but begin to speak purpose to the young people because of this situation, like, you know, uh, Antoine's mother was saying, you know, finish school. Do do something positive your life, with your life because that is what ultimately will give honor and make some – bring some kind of sense to – what has gone on? Um, I was, I was thinking, you know, what kind of stuff could happen? You know, I, I think when it first happened, one of the things that came to my mind, because there's such a, a disparity uh, uh, between the way that the black uh, community is treated and the white community when it comes to arrests. And, you know, that sort of thing. Criminal justice system. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was reading an article that that just kind of paralleled, you know, where you might have somebody who was shot, who was on his knees and shackled. Why shoot him? You know, or just I mean, most of us who are people of color, we are aware of the names of nationwide of, of these kind of things that happen, and yet then yeah, there's a, there's a roll call in the past two years. Mm-hmm. You can name fifteen names exactly, and then you look at certain uh, people from the white community who have been brandishing weapons, who have actually done shooting, and they've been somehow gently taken into custody without incident. Mm-hmm. You know, so you know we look at those kind of things and we're saying, wait a minute, this could be my son. This could be my grandson. This could be me, you know, um, just because of the color of my skin, right. you know. And that, that's, a, that's a sad state to be in. It's like it causes you to be hypervigilant. You're wondering, you know, where am I? What's going to happen? My child goes out. Is he going to come back? Is he going to come back? And, you know, in, in, in this hypervigilance, there's a lot of power to that, right? And, and, of course, for every child who leaves the home, and my child's, you know, He's a white boy, but every time I look at him and I think, I love you, you know, come back to me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I can't imagine from a, a woman of color, her son leaves the house. Mm-hmm. There's all this different peer pressure. There's certainly violence in the neighborhoods. There's gangs. You name it. Mm-hmm. It's got its own stew. 
Oh, and, and just, you know, I mean, think of the profiling. I don't know if I ever shared this with you about my son. He, w- he was stopped almost every day someplace. I mean, and it wasn't even just Pittsburgh. I mean, at one point he was in Delaware. He's trying to meet someone. And a police officer apparently... Uh, he was to meet a guy at one of the Wawas. It's like our 7-Eleven. Oh, sure. Yeah. Okay. So he is waiting for his friend who is coming from New York. And they're just, they went to school together at Geneva. So they were going to meet up. And so um, the the guy calls my son. And he says, you know, let's meet somewhere else because I'm running late. Da, 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 da. As soon as my son pulls out of the parking lot, a police officer pulls him over. At the Wawa. At the Wawa. Now, apparently, he had been sitting there watching my son, trying to figure out what he was doing. Okay. So my son pulls out. He never went into the store, didn't rob anybody, didn't, you know. Just waiting. And so he looked at his credentials. He said, um, so how old are you? And, of course, his birthday is already on there. How old are you? At the time, my son was 37. He says, well, how many felonies do you have on your record? And my son said, I don't have any felonies on my record. He said, how did you live this long without any felonies on your record? Now, who's going to ask that question? What kind of question is that? You know, it's like the expectation, though, is that, you know, if you are... If you're a black man of a certain age, then there's no doubt you've got a felony or two or more. Or that you're planning something. Right. So there's reason to stop you. Yeah. Yeah. So hopefully, Mm -hmm. now I don't know how long ago that was. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. He's... Older now, much, yeah. So there's been a new awareness. I'd say that's fair to say. John, I would love to say that there's been a new awareness, but people are still being stopped. Of course. And in addition to that, um, you know, when I when I was watching, um, I don't watch a lot of news. I just I just don't. Yeah. But anyway, I was watching interviews of uh, some of the white um, citizens of this area, and it was almost like, yeah, oh, so almost like they didn't care, you know. And um, well, if it's not in your backyard, Tony, right? It's well, not. What? How does but, it affect you? Well, the thing about it is, though, is it? I get what you're saying. I know one hundred percent. Because there was a young man uh, in a um, that died recently, maybe not recently, but anyway, his parents. I think it was at. Uh, um, one of the local universities, he died from hazing or died from... Some, oh, Penn State. My heart my heart goes out, and I don't care if he was a white boy, but yeah. I'm thinking that could have been my son. Of course. That could have been, you know, someone that I know. You know, I mean, I have friends that have sons. I, you know, I, I wouldn't want to see anything like that happen to anybody. I get that. But to just say, eh, say well, whatever, let's forget about it. Change the channel. Yeah. and And you can't... Uh, when when you say forget about it, that's almost like another little couple of grains. Of course, of this, it is as though that person's assault. lives didn't matter. Didn't matter. Yeah. yeah, and that's you know that that's what has given rise to things like you know Black Lives Matter. When the truth is, all all lives do matter. Of course, they do. Black or white. Yeah. Black or, or white. Yellow, yeah, yeah. Let's take a break. Tony Turner's with us, and uh, we're talking about, uh, of course, Antoine Rose and. Teenage boys and race and vision, white, black, and grace. Mm-hmm. Stick around. It's the ride home with John and Kathy. Tony Turner's talk here today.
Spring is in the air. Spring is everywhere. Hi, it's me, Marcia, from the Spring House. And spring is a great time of year on both our farm and our store. It kicks off with farm tours, and we just love sharing our farm with all those precious young folks. Graduation party season and wedding and shower season start up now, too. So my sister Jill and her catering crew are on the road in our red Spring House vans almost every day, delivering homemade country cooking to families all over the Tri-County area. My brother Sam and his farm guys are busy this time of year planting corn and pumpkins and hay, along with getting the cows milked and fed two times a day, too. The Springhouse store crew loves serving all the families that come to visit, to enjoy our homemade lunches and suppers, to take a zing down our hillside slide, and to top off their experience with a Springhouse ice cream concoction, like a strawberry ice cream shortcake. Come see us and let us share a little of our farm with you at the Springhouse. 724-228-3339 or springhousemarket.com. When you give to Food for the Poor, you save lives. When you give to Food for the Poor, you bring miracles. When you pray for your children, what do you pray for them? Que lo que le pido a Dios que Dios me ayude para darle otro día sus comidas. She prays that God help her to give them at least one more day of food. So it's a daily prayer. I pray every day to have God in my heart, and I pray that my daughters are able to go to school. Let God bring a miracle through you. Food for a year, water for life. To save a family who's been praying for a miracle. Just $27 a month for the next year provides a family of four with food for a year and water for life. By dialing pound 250 on your cell phone and say the keyword hope or give online at wordfm.com. Great beds, no bull. That is the original Mattress Factory difference. Our mattresses are designed with the highest quality materials and are hand-built in our local employee-owned factories, all for hundreds less than mainstream mattress brands. Sound too good to be true? Stop by your local factory for a personal tour and to see how your favorite bed is made from beginning to end. Or you can check out any of our stores or visit OriginalMattress.com to find out what the OMF difference is all about. The T.J. Martell Foundation, music's promise for a cure. To learn more, visit TJMartell.org. That's TJMartell.org. Rather cold again tonight, clear with a low of 25. Then tomorrow you'll see more sunshine. The afternoon will be milder, though, with a high of 56. Increasing clouds low 36 tomorrow night. And then Monday looks to be mainly cloudy. Breezy with a shower around in the afternoon. Milder still with a high 62. Still mild with a couple of showers around Friday. I'm Mackie Weather Meteorologist Frank Strait on 101.5 Word FM. Hey, thanks for being with us. Tony Turner's along today. We're talking Antoine Rose, teenage boys, race, grace. Tony Turner's a, a pastor here. She's been a friend of ours for many, many years. So nobody wins in this situation, Tony, um, right? Well, the young man's dead. Mm-hmm. Uh, communities are disrupted. Uh, rage continues on. I think there's a widening gulf between black and white. Um, but as believers, you know, when you first came and joined us to talk about this, we need to have a different response. Not even that we should. We need to have a different response here. Mm-hmm. 
and I'm sure that there are many in, in the black community who are African-Americans go, brother, we've been down this road how many times? We don't want to hear this. The only thing we haven't done is, which is the passion of my heart, is that the church would be one as Jesus and the Father are one. You see, because as long as there is such a thing as, you know, there's a black church, there's a white church, yeah. and not not so much that, I mean, because God gives us choices as to how we're going to worship, and I think that people, you know... It, we're talking about worship styles. We're talking about denominations and that sort of thing. But the bottom line is Jesus Christ if we are Christians. Yes. And our behavior toward one another. If you think about it, whenever Jesus spoke about anything, he gave principles of the kingdom and it always involved relationships. How we treat one another. He said there's going to be one way that they will know that you're mine, and that's by the way you treat one another. So if there's racism in the atmosphere, we should be able to speak to it, but we can't if it's in the church. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I just believe every pastor needs to be speaking about the, the oneness of the family of man, that we need to begin to, in prayer, in messages, in small groups, however we gather, we need to be pulling down any stronghold that says, I am going to give you favor or I'm going to withhold favor by something that's on the outside, whether it's your skin color or whether it's your, your socioeconomic situation, you know, whatever it is that's temporal. If it's your political affiliation, it does. It should not mean that that comes between you and I if we are together and we're one as Jesus. So when you hurt John, I can hurt too. Yeah. Kathy lost her dad. I know what that's about, and I would love to you know, be able to put my arms around her. Do you understand what I'm Without saying? Without a doubt. There's, so there's yeah. this intentionality about exactly. it. Exactly. It's not by accident. Exactly. It's by design that we have to work this thing. Exactly. So you know, um, you know, I'm still hearing of people who will maybe go to a church that they don't even know if it's a church that's designated as white or black, but it says Christian. Right now... The word evangelical has become almost a cuss word. It, mm-hmm, it almost mm-hmm. means racist, but that's not true. One of the most beautiful churches I have seen in the city that I visited was um, uh, the um, Evangelical Presbyterian Church in Mount Lebanon. Okay, Mount Lebanon has had a certain history, okay? But I went and visited during their coffee hour. I mean, I went to, went to visit during the coffee hour so I could see how they interacted. And then I went to the Before service. Before worship, yeah. Oh, yeah. I went to the um, the traditional service because I was raised a Presbyterian. I wanted to hear some hymns, you know. <laughs> I'm, I'm good with hymns. <laughs> Me yeah. too. So um, I was shocked. It was multicultural. Really? It was multicultural. It wasn't a quote-unquote white church. So you didn't stand out. It, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't even matter to me. I don't stand out to me. I don't, I don't see me. So when I, when I walk into a situation, you know, I, I just see people. But you know I, how it is, Tony, right? People know, walk in and they go, oh, I'm the only black person here. I don't want to go to that church. Or, yeah, I'm a white person. I'm going to go out, you know, to the church, mm-hmm. uh, you know, at the Hill. And all of a sudden I feel weird. Absolutely. I just uh, was listening to a, um, uh, I watched a video. I think his name is John Piper. Oh, yeah. Anyway, he was talking about the fact that he was raised a stone-cold racist. 
stone cold racist and the only uh person that he really had relationship with that uh that was black was the maid and but they loved this maid but it was you know it was a different kind of relationship you know because yeah, yeah. of the fact she was just observing so, yeah so but when somebody got married she and her family were invited to the church that they belonged to which was a white church ordinarily they would have to sit in the balcony and he was about to take this maid and her family into the balcony and the mother came out and she said uh 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 no this is not going to happen she family. put her arm around his her arm and and took the family right into the sanctuary well there is still you know some churches where if you if you walk into that church and you're of a different uh, ethnicity that you get heads turned, you know, and we have to learn how to, if we turn a head, put a smile on that on that head. Sure, you know, it, it, to begin to welcome people because we need to recognize that we're all made in in the image of God. Well, how do you make it so not unusual that it should just be a matter of fact, right? That people show up and. It wouldn't matter. You wouldn't blink. You would just think, oh, hey, there's somebody new here, or I've got to be leery of this person or unkind to this person because they're a different color. It doesn't seem, I don't know. Especially if we have come to know Jesus. The scripture just so clearly uh, lets us know it's not about uh, a race. Heaven, for goodness sake. I remember um, one of my early pastors, I used to love it when he would say this. He, he probably oversaid it, but he would say, when you get to heaven, don't stop and stare, because somebody's going to be wondering what you're doing there. <laughs> you know? Got that right. Mm. How'd but, that guy get in? Hey, me, what's going on? <laughs> right. After all, you know. Right. We've lived a life. Same blood was shed for all of us, and um, it's so important that we welcome you know, each other and, but we have to talk about it. That's why, you know. To get through the, the un- uncomfortability of it. about it. And yeah. I think that's it, right? I mean, mm-hmm. how do you talk about it? And beyond the talking, how do you go about the doing? That there is this intentionality. I mean, we've had um, Eddie Jones mm-hmm. and Chris Moore with us mm-hmm. before. You know, they're intentional mm-hmm. in their black-white worship of Christ. They mm-hmm. do this every Sunday. Mm-hmm. But that's one of the few churches in the area that I know that does that sort of thing. Well, but, you know, one of the things that that I do is I will go and visit another church i don't care (laughs) what name is on the outside of it um as long as i know that it's you know it's a christian church i want to i want to see you know yeah what's what's on the menu here you know that's one of the things that i've learned in terms of um you know my fellowship with people from other other ethnicities not just white but i have hispanic friends i have you know people uh asian indian friends you know um how are they worshiping yeah right how do they do exactly exactly um those of us uh in the black community especially we know for example you know people make potato salad potato salad is like one of one of the soul foods you know that or mac and cheese okay and there's a way some people make their mac and cheese this way and some people make it that way you know but we want to test it out you know to see well whose is better or what did you do with you know with that to you know 
make a taste, you know, make the flavor pop. So, yeah, yeah. you know, and um, but to b- see who's bringing what to the table, you know, the sons of Noah, Ham, Shem, and Japheth were each, they each carried an anointing. They each carried giftings that were supposed to work together. Yes. And because God made them family. And so, uh, you know, at the very least, we're cousins, you know. Uh, at the very least, we are cousins because they were brothers. Right. And so, you know, how, why, how do we come to the place where we treat each other as if we are just another species? Right. I mean, know? you know, oftentimes, you know, especially here at the station out here, oh, there's a men's conference or there's mm-hmm. a, a, a woman's gathering. You never hear there's a conference or there's a, a prayer worship service white and black or yellow and red are going to get together and everyone's invited. Mm-hmm. I mean, not you, you may hear that in a, in a sort of a generic sense, mm-hmm. but a more intentional way that we go, we're going to force this issue and we want you to show up and we want to equip and engage local pastors, black, white, yellow, mm-hmm. red, whomever, mm-hmm. and do this. Talk about this. Because the more you talk about it, the less uncomfortable you, you get with the whole weird thing mm-hmm. and you find some peace. That's exactly right. You know, go get some coffee, you know, uh, let because, you know, everybody drinks coffee, you know, or Cup drink of tea or whatever. something, you know, exactly. Um, it doesn't even have to start with, you know, the big things, but maybe just one on one. I had a friend who um, I met 34 years ago when I first uh, went to Covenant Church and we haven't uh, we gained a good friendship um, back in those days. And she was probably stunned at the way that I approached her, um, not approached her, but would interact with her when she would say little things. That you were so direct? Well, direct, but um, I, I really would like to share with you what she said, because it, it this paragraph actually popped me. It's, it's not really a paragraph, but what she said was, I, she said, I miss... You're, I don't think I'll ever get over missing you. I find myself telling and retelling the stories of how we became friends, how God used you in the most magnificent ways to reveal to me my level of ignorance and stupidity, and how patient you were to love me through so much junk. And you are my example of how we will all need to be someone that's a, that safe person for us. Mm. People need to feel safe when they're talking to you. Because it's scary. Because it's scary, but... How even the whole scary thing, especially since I've been in the Lord. Oh my goodness, God hasn't given us a spirit of fear. But you know, but Tony, this is true. For white people, whenever they engage someone who's black that they don't know real well, mm-hmm. they don't want to say or do a stupid thing for fear of going. Oh no, I'm a racist. Mm-hmm. I'm a bigot, and um, you know, then I've made this faux pas, and it's going to ruin everything. Even though I want things to work out, and I want to be here in love. Mm-hmm. In the conversations, okay that need to take place, I need to learn how to be a safe place. Oh, that's good. I need to, We all do. Yeah, and I need to learn how to allow people to make mistakes so that they're not fearful of making the mistakes. Without the anger, without the judgment, without all that. Yep. We can take a, just a quick break. Tony Turner's with us. We're talking race, grace, teenage boys, Antoine Rose, all that in the mix. Stick around. Be right back. Have you racked?
racked up more than $10,000 in credit card debt? Are you barely getting by, making minimum payments? You should know. The credit card companies are tricking you into thinking there's no way out. Credit card companies would rather you didn't know that there are ways you can become debt-free and you don't have to pay the entire amount you owe. There are debt relief programs that help people like you escape overwhelming credit card debt. National Debt Relief has helped tens of thousands of people just like you reduce more than $500 million of debt. National Debt Relief has helped so many people, they're A-plus rated by the Better Business Bureau. You don't have to declare bankruptcy or take out a consolidation loan. You have have the right to settle your debt for a mere fraction of what you owe. Reduce a large portion of your debt now. Call National Debt Relief at 800-694-7394. 800-694-7394. That's 800-694-7394. Robinson Township Christian School celebrates a 40-year legacy of producing college-bound, lifelong learners whose lives are marked by wisdom, knowledge, and a compassion for others. At the airport area's only K-12 classical Christian school, students grow to love learning, think deeply, and communicate effectively from a biblical foundation. Robinson Township Christian School, now enrolling preschool through 12th grade at rtcsonline.org. When wet weather is on the way, keep it dry inside with J&D Waterproofing. Water seepage and a sinking foundation can cause major structural damage if left untreated. Joe Belanti and the team at J&D Waterproofing have the experience to correct your water problem with over 72 years in the industry. Call the Tri-State's premier waterproofing company now at 1-800-VERY-DRY for a free estimate and big savings on all waterproofing services for a limited time. J&D Waterproofing, 1-800-VERY-DRY. Brightview Landscaping, the nation's largest commercial landscape company, is hiring seasonal crew members and leaders. If you like a job where you can work outdoors with consistent hours and real advancement opportunities, apply now at jobs.brightview.com. That's jobs.brightview.com. Dentistry, in my opinion, shouldn't be a fear-inducing experience. And it really, I think, goes a long way for patients when I'm able to develop that one-on-one relationship with them. Exceptional dentistry meets compassionate care at StockFamilyDentistry.com. Just one indoors. Hey, Tony Turner's with us. Tony's a local pastor here. Many years he was at Covenant Church in Wilkinsburg. Mm-hmm. We're talking race, grace, Antoine Rose, teenage boys. You know, it's a wide, you know, we're just kind of just sitting back. We had no, no clear path here. We just wanted to talk about this. But, you know, as you hear Tony talk and hear this conversation, if you want to chime in at 800-320-8255, 800-320-8255, you're welcome. We should have uh, made the uh, invitation a little sooner. But, mm-hmm. Tony, you know. You know, you wonder where where is it all heading, you know. Even, that's it. Where well, is it head? Yeah, that because at the end of the day, to be honest with you, I believe no, I don't, I don't know because I'm not God. But I, I somehow believe that, you know, racism is global, and I think it will always be on the earth until yeah. the Lord returns. But in the meantime, I think there are some things that can change, and I think it's the church that needs to, to do it and that we can only do it in, in the power of unity. But I was thinking, you know, even the marching and all this stuff that's going on, it would be so cool if nationwide, you know, the police – Anything that calls itself a police entity, whether it's a security guard, state trooper, whatever, mm-hmm. if they were required, like um, medical profession, you know, uh, 
the uh, emergency medical guys, the um, mental health doctors, you know, people who have someone's lives in their hands. Yes. If they were required to do continuing education that included uh, a mental health assessment, that included, you know, prejudicial, you know, uh, quotient, you know, is this does this person have, you know, racial bias, and how to what extent, what right, kind of, right. what can we do to counsel or, or how does that work? Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I mean, that's a good point, right? I mean, I wonder if it has to be part of the training. Mm-hmm. I'm sure I'm not a police ongoing, officer. Ongoing, because things can change. You right. Know. Because, look, the uh, last thing I'd want to be in the world is a police officer. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine the difficulty, the, the the things that you float through every day. You don't float through. You drag through every day. I can't, it's a very difficult profession. And you're talking, you know, I'm look, looking at some of these police officers. You know, this one, this uh, Rossfeld, they let him off because of his state of mind. Well, if his state of mind was so fragile, somebody should have been able to. I think it goes back to poor training. I, yes. I, I do, you know, because you, you encounter three people in a car that you know has shortly been involved in a drive-by shooting. Whether the, whether the police officer was terrified or just, mm-hmm. you know, so jacked up on adrenaline, clearly something mm-hmm. went wrong here. Yeah. Taking your phone calls at 800-320-8255. Let's go to the phones. And, uh, hey, thanks for joining us. Who's here, please? This is. Truck driver Greg. Hey Greg, how you doing, brother? Hi Greg. Good, John. Hey Pastor Tony, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing fine. Yeah, um, I just love the conversation. Uh, I really like what Pastor Tony spoke uh, in the beginning. and said, "If we Christians can just speak something different when we have tragedy, when we can just take it to the throne and speak kindness." Speak grace, speak mercy, and remembering who we belong to, who we were before we belonged to him, and then just say, Lord, you help us. I appreciate that, Craig, but don't you believe this is true? And I'm sure you've heard this yourself, that people have been doing this now for 150 or 200 years, and nothing changed, right? So that's why people get angry now. Yeah, but I mean, hey, hey, John, hey, John. If we look at the history of the church, a lot more worse than this is going on. Do I like it? What's going on? No. But what I'm learning to do, what I'm learning to do, I am from the street. I was a hood. I I, I threw bricks at the penitentiary. Uh, I I, I, I got beat by police officers. I I did a lot of wrong stuff. But when I met Jesus, I'm learning to see it from his perspective. And so what I'm trying to say is, when these tragedies happen, Pastor Tony said that Jesus said, they will know who you are and you belong to me by the way you treat each other now. The hit is, not the ones in my family, not my brothers and sisters in Christ, but those outside of Christ. I'm out here on this road every day. And every day I ask God to allow me to show some grace every time I encounter madness. People talking to me crazy. People cut me off. All kinds of stuff. So what I'm trying to say, John, is people like you, Pastor Tony, when we come on this air, we have to continue to speak here. Speak the truth. Talk about the truth. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, 
at the same time, we got to let God do what he do. Amen to that. Thanks, Thank Greg. you, Greg. 800-320-8255. Appreciate that. Good word of wisdom. We need to take a, just a quick break, but uh, your phone calls are welcome. Be right back. so nice now that the kids are asleep. Cheers. We got the kids, our house, a stable income. Checking off all the boxes. But there's one box we haven't checked off. What's that? Life insurance. We don't need to think about that now. We're young. That's why now is the best time. Life insurance gets more expensive the older you get. But I don't have time to do a blood test. It's such a hassle to meet with someone just to get a quote. Not with Ethos. Ethos? It's a modern kind of life insurance. You just answer four quick questions at GetEthos.com and get a free instant quote. No pushy salespeople. And no medical exams required for policies covering under a million dollars. You can apply online in just 10 minutes. 10 minutes? Let's do it. Hmm. But then what will we do for the rest of the night? I'm sure we can think of something. (laughs) Get your free instant quote and submit your complete application in minutes. Just go to GetEthos.com. That's E-T-H-O-S. GetEthos.com. GetEthos.com. Jen had a very busy day today. Really busy. First, she dropped her kids off at daycare. Then she had a few minutes before yoga class for a coffee. Small latte, please. And then she saved a few lives. Nurse, two units, O negative. One, an injured child. Another, a cardiac patient. And then, a premature baby. All because Jen logged on to bloodsciencefoundation.org and made a financial donation. There, done. You see, local blood donors provide only about half of what is needed to treat patients. The other half has to be purchased and relies on financial donations from people like you and Jen. Ooh, cake pops. So, what have you done today? To make a financial donation that saves lives, visit bloodsciencefoundation.org blood science foundation giving from the heart hi i'm john henny from henny jewelers since 1887 my family has helped people celebrate the most memorable moments in their lives we are rooted in faith and commit to doing the right thing again and again we believe in the covenant of marriage and use our to have and to hold program to encourage couples as they prepare to spend the rest of their lives together please stop into our shadyside store to learn more or visit hennyjewelers.com Penny Jewelers, your jewelers for life. On April 5th, don't miss The Best of Enemies, starring Academy Award nominee Taraji P. Henson. I play Anne Atwater, a civil rights activist who was able to approach hate with love. And Academy Award winner Sam Rockwell. But all the better if you don't get in my way. Well, I'm going to get in your way. If you change one heart, you can change the world. I have a Bible. And then you ought to know, same God made you, made me. The Best of Enemies, based on the untold true story. Rated PG-13. Maybe inappropriate for children under 13. In theaters April 5th. Hey, thanks for being with us. Taking a few phone calls. Tony Turner's with us. Pastor Tony Turner from many years at Covenant Church. Let's go back to the phones at 800-320-8255. Hey, Jim, uh, you're live with us on the air. What's your question, your comment? Hey, Jim, you there? Uh, Yes, I'm here. Yes, I'll go quick. I I think this is a two-parter. One, I believe these small townships with policemen, they're not getting the proper training. They, They don't understand 
tense situations, they react too quickly. Mm-hmm. And in this situation, certainly uh, th- th- this was something that should have had a perimeter set up. There should have been people involved to help him. He can't come along upon a scene like that and act quickly by himself. The other is I've been listening to Miss um, Kinney, uh, Antoine Rose's mom, and I think she's been very eloquent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I believe she's been spot on here. Um, I, I don't know how she's dealing with this, with her son being dead like this. He shouldn't be dead. But we need to, there, there's got to be an adjustment. That there, there, There's too much leeway for the police to be able to react emotionally, and now we have a young man dead. Uh, I'm not saying whatever happened before, but it, there wasn't a crime, but certainly he can't be dead. We can't have the situation where he's dead. And everybody on the jury, they were charged, you know, by the judge with with these specific commands, and and everybody's okay that this this falls in this way. So I agree, we we need to to have a different set of standards in place. Whereas when these things happen, it can't be okay. He's free. I mean, how is it not even a manslaughter? This young man is dead. Right. We, he doesn't have another day. This can't be. We can't have this happen. There's just too, too much leeway. This is coming from. A son of a policeman, I, I like to say as well. Thank you, Jim. Appreciate the phone call. 800-320-8255. And it is true that there is. And look, uh, again, it is not an easy job to be a police officer. There's no doubt about that. Mm-hmm. But uh, as our last caller said, there's something to be said about a lack of training, mm-hmm. especially in the small u- municipalities who are just struggling to pay their bills. Of course, they're not spending a lot of time on training and uh, recruiting proper officers. That's how it is. I think we've got time for one more phone call. Hey, uh, Bill, you're with us uh, here on Word FM. Uh, what's your comment, please? Hey, Bill. I mean, hey, Tony, how you doing? Oh, good. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing pretty good. And I'm sitting here painting, and I'm sitting here listening to your conversation, which I was talking about. And it brought up a few things that my dad used to tell me. I know one thing he used to say, that is racism is Satan's way of keeping God's people apart. Mm-hmm. And a good example of that is the Tuskegee Airmen. I say that because we all know that. But what had happened was the Tuskegee Airmen, they had that reputation. Uh, they took the bombers all the way to Germany and didn't lose not one of them pilots, not one bomber. What we had here was people working together. It wasn't about, okay, they're black and they're white. They, was, they had a common goal. They wanted to survive, but they was working together. Mm-hmm. And uh, you mentioned something about talking. And I noticed uh, I was at work one time, and here was this guy. He was a racist, okay, because he had a very racist point of view, but he kept on trying. He said Hitler was a great man. He was trying to he's trying to um, tell me, prove to me that he wasn't. But the thing was, we was talking. Yeah. He had his point of view, and I had my point of view. But he didn't call me outside of my name. He didn't, We didn't argue back and forth or nothing like that. We still didn't talk as men. And I think that's one thing we lack in. There's not enough. There's not enough conversation, and a not not enough room for us to uh, listen to someone who maybe disagrees, just to hear what their point of view is, because nobody is ever all right or all wrong. Right. And so, you know, the discussions are really important. Thanks so much. Yeah, appreciate that, Bill. Yeah, and to listen to each other without freaking out, without getting angry off the top of our heads. When you hear uh, something stupid. Right. <laughs> or or it's something different from your mm-hmm. thought process. Absolutely. That's all it is. Look, uh, we're not trying to say, you know, we're uh, – 
given a pass here to to what happened in that car because clearly something not good happened in that car. Absolutely. And uh, those guys, you know, coconuts just running wild. So, but to pay for it with his life. That's a whole other story. And now, and and again, Tony, we're having you on here because you're a pastor, and we're Jesus talkers mm-hmm. and Jesus lovers. Mm-hmm. So there should be a different conversation here. Yeah, yeah, because Jesus is still a redeemer, and regardless of what the situation is or how it came about, um, he's still power. He's still all powerful, always, and he wants to work through us. So we need to pay attention and come together. Uh, mm-hmm. Amen to that. Tony, my friend, always a pleasure. Thanks for being with us. Thank you. Thank you. Tony Turner, she's uh, been a pastor here in Pittsburgh for many a year. A great voice of reason. Take a break. Come back. we got lots more ahead. Stick around. It's uh, the first hour of the Ride Home with John and Kathy. WORDFM Pittsburgh, a service of Salem Media Group. With SRN News, I'm Keith Peters in Washington. The House has failed to override the president's veto of a bill that sought to reverse his national emergency declaration. In this vote, the yeas are 248 and the nays are 181. The number falling well short of the two-thirds majority that would have been needed to override the president's first-ever veto. Before the vote, Representative Peter DeFazio of Oregon, a Democrat, criticizing the president for spending money on what he called a stupid static wall. Republicans said the president was merely exercising his legal authority to declare an emergency and said Democrats were going too far in their opposition. Bob Agnew, Capitol Hill. All indicators up on Wall Street today as the Dow was up by 140 points to close at 25,657. The Nasdaq rose by 54. The S&P 500 up by 20. Oil continued its climb up $1.12 to 59.94 a barrel. This is SRN News. If your family depends on your income and something happened to you, what would happen to them? You need life insurance, and SelectQuote can help you get it at a price you can afford. SelectQuote found Jacob, 40, who's in excellent health, a 10-year, $500,000 policy for only $19 a month. Not in perfect health? Don't worry. SelectQuote found Tanya, 40, who has type 2 diabetes, a 10-year, $500,000 policy for only $32 a month. We shop companies like Protective, Prudential, American General, and others to find you the company with the best rates. Give your family the security they need at a price you can afford. For your free quote, call 1-800-880-7474. That's 1-800-880-7474. Or go to selectquote.com. That's 1-800-880-7474. SelectQuote. We shop, you save. Get full details on the example policies at selectquote.com slash commercials. Your premium could vary depending on your health, issue and company, and other factors. Not available in all states. Now, on a brand new night, it's Word FM Skate Night at Neville Rollerdrome. The first Wednesday of the month, join Kenny Woods and a live Word FM audience and skate to your favorite CCM hits with prizes and giveaways 6.30 to 9 p.m. You could win a free skate night for your family or youth group. Admission $7. Skate rental just three more. Pastors and youth pastors skate free. Word FM Skate Night at at Neville Rollerdrome continues Wednesday, April 3rd. Groups over 30 must register in advance. Email info at skatenrd.com. Introducing the new $5 Biggie Bag from Wendy's. It comes with a new bacon double stack made with a quarter pound of fresh, never frozen beef and topped with crispy applewood smoked bacon. 
plus four nuggets, fries, and a drink all for just five bucks. That's right, just five dollars. The new five dollar biggie bag from Wendy's is everything you could ever want. Well, at least for lunch. Try Wendy's new five dollar biggie bag today. Biggie bag includes four piece nuggets, small fries, and a small drink. Fresh beef available in the contiguous U.S., Alaska, and Canada. Approximate weight before cooking. Price and participation may vary in Alaska and Hawaii. Share, like, comment, tweet. Are these foreign terms to your business? They may not be to your competition and the reason you're losing sales. We're Salem Surround. We take the mystery of digital marketing off your shoulders, letting you run your business while we deliver customers. We offer a free analysis of your digital marketing effectiveness and suggest methods that could dramatically increase your sales. Learn more by logging on to surroundpittsburgh.com. Surroundpittsburgh.com. Connecting you with new customers. If you're wondering how kids can be truly educated when God, Scripture, and prayer are removed from the classroom, well, wonder no more because you have choices nearby and you'll find them on the map at pittsburghchristianschools.net pittsburghchristianschools.net at the word fm job fair march 28th home instead senior care is offering a one thousand dollar signing bonus for professional caregivers becoming a trusted partner for aging seniors with home instead definitely has its benefits details at wordfm.com slash job fair Rather cold again tonight, clear with a low of 25. Then tomorrow you'll see more sunshine. The afternoon will be milder, though, with a high of 56. Increasing clouds low 36 tomorrow night. And then Monday looks to be mainly cloudy. Breezy with a shower around in the afternoon. Milder still with a high 62. Still mild with a couple of showers around Friday. I'm Mackie Weather Meteorologist Frank Strait on 101.5 Word FM. The Ride Home with John and Kathy. Driven by Calusi Chevrolet serving the Pittsburgh area for over 100 years. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home on 101.5 Word FM. And now here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Hey, good afternoon. Thanks for coming along. I don't think there's a cloud in the sky right now. I think it's so blue, so absolutely beautiful. Uh, we are on the right track. Hey, thanks for coming along. The Tuesday edition, Kath is off today. She'll join us uh, tomorrow back in the saddle once again. So happy to uh, have her a little uh, rest and recreation. <sighs> Remember, do you have little kids? Do you have little kids? Or uh, Our kids are um, older now. I've got uh, an 18-year-old and a 21-year-old. So, you know, they're pretty much up and running. They're on their own uh, for, for the most part. But, boy, uh, we were looking at family photos uh, the other day, sitting around the table on a Sunday evening. And, and looking at when the kids were little, and of course, I, I love that, don't you? It's one of the most favorite things to look back, to look back, and to see them, and to tell story after story. Remember this happened and that happened. Well, I remember those times with sort of mixed emotions because it was so chaotic, and we we just had two kids. Um, I grew up as as one of seven kids, and I can only imagine the chaos that ensued in our house from our parents' perspectives. But I'm looking at uh, looking at an article today. And uh, the premise is that parents. This article is uh, it's from um, it's from uh, what? What's from Vox? It says uh, parents have 32 minutes to themselves every day, and many parents have to hide from their kids to get a breather. Have you ever hidden from your kids? Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. I'm raising my hand here. Is that the most, it's the most conflicting emotions when you, look, anybody's got, a, you know, your kids, you love your kids, but there are sometimes you just go, man, I, I need a break. 
So uh, let me go on to this a little further, and then we'll go back to that hiding from your kids thing. A study into the everyday lives of 2,000 mom and dads found that the typical parent has just over 30 minutes to themselves every day once work and parenting duties are tended to. And with free time hard to come by, the average parent polled so that they take to hiding from their children four times a week to carve out more space. That's because 32% of parents don't actually stop working until at least 8 p.m. when parenting duties have been factored in. The new study conducted by a meal delivery service called Munchery found free time is ever elusive. Now, I'm not so sure about this, free time. Because, look, we're spending a lot of time watching Netflix or Amazon Prime or whatever, right? Um, okay, uh, free time is ever elusive. Uh, if not exist, uh, if non-existent when you're a full-time working parent, as they spend 18 hours on average directly taking care of their kids every, every week. And a hectic 24% of parents spend more than 30 hours every week directly taking care of their kids in addition to other responsibilities. Okay. Uh, so, you know, the thrust of the article is parents are too busy, and they're so busy, they want to just run and hide from their kids. Do you have a special place where you run and hide to? Mike, um, when you run and hide from your – and you've got the one. You've got the uh, the Dr. J, who is a toddler. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, he's about two. He's two and a half, yeah. yeah. What's bedtime? <clears throat> bedtime is 8 o'clock. Every oh, night, okay. eight eight thirty. Yeah, and the yeah. Uh, the long march to bedtime because when we did it, it was a oh, long march. My I mean, there was bath time, yeah. then there was story mm-hmm. time, yeah. then there was you know a prayer time. Mm-hmm. So bedtime, the, the 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 entirety of it would take at least an hour. Oh, at least an hour, easily. But you're saying your child in bed, head on the pillow by eight ish. Um, head on the pillow by eight ish. But probably doesn't fall asleep until like 8.30-ish. Yeah, that's good. That's fine. So by the time we we walk out of his room, it's probably around 8.30, 8.45. But <laughs> <laughs> at, at that point, the dish has got to be done. Yeah. The laundry's got to be done. Yep. Mm-hmm. Whatever. Pay yeah. the bills. Right. Think about tomorrow. Iron some clothes to get ready. Um, exactly. Look at the calendar. Plan. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe you spend some time with each other as a couple, you know, more often than not. Maybe you watch a few minutes of the tube. It's 11 o'clock. It's upon us. I got to go to bed. Yeah. I, I wish I had more time. Um, but by the time it's like 9, 30, 10 o'clock, I'm done. Yeah. Like, I don't even want to do anything anymore. Like, right, right. like I have friends will call me up. Hey, man, let's go out. <laughs> I'm like... <laughs> What are you kidding me? It's nine o'clock. Yeah, it's nine o'clock. I can't go. I'm going to bed. (laughs) Officially, I officially. So you know, um, our kids are grown. So at nine, literally for me at nine forty-five, I'm looking at the clock and I'm going, oh, well, I I think I could go to bed now and feel okay about it. (laughs) And more often than not, I do. And boy, it's like Kath said. You know, she says her her husband he. Eric, I know well, he says he, he knows how to sleep. It's like a particular talent. And you do. You take pride in your sleeping ability. Yeah. But, man, it's hard. So, okay, so if you had to hide, let me just tell me this story. If you had to hide, do you have a preferred – because you got a basement. I do have a basement. And do you do that? that that's one of my go-to spots. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you don't have a man cave yet. I don't have a man cave yet. A man yet. cave. My dad never had a man cave. I don't – you know. Right. I got a room. I don't call it a man cave, yeah. but you know that's all the accoutrement. Now, when it's not cold outside, I would just go out. I would just go outside, go for a run. 
Yeah. Oh, there you go. Right. You just steam it off. Yeah. Get on. Yeah. Get on um, a bike or but, whatever. You know, unfortunately, in Pittsburgh, you know, having when feels like eight months out of the year. It is. It's cold. It, it doesn't feel like it. It feels like it is. You're right. It is. Um, but yeah, the basement's usually the go-to, or I just go take a drive. A drive. I got to get you know? out of here. Yeah. That's what it is, Mike. It is. <laughs> but of course, you know, you know, check with my wife first. You know. Yeah. Hey, you need anything before I? Can I leave? Have some me can time. I, can I go? It, me time is is such an important thing for us. Like Alicia has my wife. Yeah. She has her me, her. She has her time. I think it's important for every couple. Oh, every couple. But it's also, of course, important to have you know date together time. time. Sure, yeah, exactly. But that me time. Oh, it's crucial. Yeah. Who was I talking to? Oh, I know. We were talking to somebody who uh, uh, who used to uh, drive in Washington D.C. back and forth to work. Now, can you imagine what that commute's oh, like? Yikes. And now he works basically at home. So he says, I, I miss kind of like that commute time yeah. when I was hanging out by myself. Yeah. Well, I don't know what his you know circumstances are. You know, his work situation at home. I'm glad I don't work at home because I, I do appreciate coming in yes. here to the office, mixing it up with people in the studio, you know, yada, yada, plus back and forth. You can't leave it. work when, if, if you're working at home. Oh, no, that's not good. That's no. not healthy. One no. thing I definitely learned in college when I was paying attention. <laughs> <laughs> Those rare times. <laughs> that's rare times. Yeah. Um, we had a speaker coming. We had chapel every morning at 10 o'clock on weekdays. Every morning. Every was morning. it required? It was required, yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's cool. For an hour. And uh, I remember one pastor coming in and... Um, he said, "You when you especially when you have kids, and even we, you can you can use this for you know any application of life. You have to take care of yourself before you can take care of anybody." Got that right. And he used the analogy of when you're in the air when you're in you're, when you're in the airplane, right? And those oxygen mask comes on. Put it on. You have to put it on before you put it on your child, right? Because if you don't put it if you put it on, if you don't put it on yourself and you try to put it on your child, none of both of you aren't going to make it. Right. So you have to take care of yourself before you can take care of others. That's a good others. point. Okay. Got to have right. the meantime. Yeah, you do. I'm happy to have it. Yeah. Heck yeah. So um, where do you go? Me. Um, I, I, I've got a. I've got. A, we've got like a room upstairs. You know, it's a you know sort of s- uh, library slash sewing room slash you know the, you know the. I've got a desk in there, and you know it's just a place to hang. It's your timeout room. Yeah, it is. But like I said, my kids are grown now. So I'm pretty much good to go. Now I'm kind of like walking around like the lonely guy. <laughs> hey, where's everybody at? Remember when everybody needed me? Remember when I had a role in life? Whenever man that they said used to say dad, hey dad. Now they don't say that at all. Now there's no unless they there. want some money. Well, there's there's that. Hey, dad. Okay, can I have the debit card? <laughs> anyway, uh, let's take a break. Uh, we're going to come back and talk. Oh, with John Kessler, uh, bread and circuses. Yes. What's that all about? Bread and circuses? Stick around. It's the ride home with John and Kathy and new Mike on this sunny Tuesday afternoon. Coming up on Adventures in Odyssey, Robin Jacobs is paired with slow learner Oscar for the school science fair. I banged Christian to him. You don't know how much I've done for Oscar, Mr. Whitaker. And she learns an important lesson about why we should love others. Come on! All right, all right. Keep your shirt on. Find out what happens on the next Adventure in Odyssey, right here. Tonight at 8 on 101.5 Word FM, W-O-R-D. Why get stuck with a Medicare plan that leaves you at a disadvantage? Medicare open enrollment season has been extended through March 31st. This is Kathy Emmons. 
Take advantage of your final opportunity this year to make a one-time switch to real Medicare coverage that includes traditional Medicare Part B and the Part D prescription drug plan. The team at Marley Financial knows Medicare's confusing. They know you have questions, and their team of experts can guide you through all the options available to help you make the best choice possible. A comprehensive Medicare plan that lets you access any doctor or hospital you want without a referral, with lower deductibles, and co-pays that are little to none. A Medicare plan that's focused not just on cost, but quality. Don't get stuck paying thousands in out-of-pocket expenses. Call Marley Financial today at 724-884-1497. Deadline is March 31st. Call 724-884-1496, 724-884-1496, or visit MarleyFG.com. On April 5th, don't miss The Best of Enemies, starring Academy Award nominee Taraji P. Henson. I play Anne Atwater, a civil rights activist who was able to approach hate with love. And Academy Award winner Sam Rockwell. All the better if you don't get in my way. Well, I'm going to get in your way. If you change one heart, you can change the world. I have a and then you ought to know, same God made you, made me. The Best of Enemies, based on the untold true story. Rated PG-13. May be inappropriate for children under 13. In theaters April 5th. They didn't teach us this in Bible college. A family in my church has asked me to help with their son who's addicted to heroin. They're in a serious crisis. And I'm so busy with everything else at the church. How do I help them? For over 50 years, Western Pennsylvania Adult and Teen Challenge has come alongside local pastors to help them in the fight against addiction in their congregations. Call 724-265-4100 now. Western Pennsylvania Adult and Teen Challenge, bringing wholeness to the hopeless. It's hard to be a pastor. I can't imagine how difficult the work is. And especially pastors... um, you know, you've got a large following and you become sort of a celebrity pastor. That unto itself is, I think, often, more often than not, a recipe for disaster. Well, John Kessler joins us. He's a regular guest on our show. John's the chair and professor of the Division of Applied Theology and Church Ministry at Moody Bible Institute. John Kessler is the author of The Radical Pursuit of Rest, Escaping the Productivity Trap. John, welcome back. How are you, friend? I'm good. How are you, John? I can't complain. Cast got the day off, so it'll be uh, you and I chiming in today on the uh, the conversation. Okay. Okay. So, uh, John, in your blog, you have an excellent piece where you you write really uh, terrific pieces that are from the heart. You, you talk about the um, the implosion of James McDonald's ministry, and this is a story that I think a lot of people know. James McDonald appeared on on our station for many many years, but in the end. Um, I mean, it was a, a bad story that ended poorly. Yeah, so while a, lot of, there, a number of accusations have been made, and I think what I have noticed is that it's real easy to sort of pile on, you know, and kind of point the finger and say, wow, you know, he, he must really be awful. The, the thing that strikes me, though, is that, that, and I'm not saying this to mitigate anything that was done, but... Everything that was done was pretty much done out in the open. It's not like every it was. It's not like things were covered up. Things were in the budget, although in a way that people couldn't really grasp it. And thing the thing that struck me as I was sort of analyzing what happened is that you see a real reflection of a change in the way that church members view their pastors in terms of what they expect. 
and particularly in the way that church members don't really feel like they are responsible, that they that they should hold hold the church leaders um, accountable. And so, you know, when I ask myself, well, why is that? How did we ca- how did we come to this place where, number one, we don't really expect pastors to pastor us? Um, you know what what we're really looking for are dynamic leaders and speakers oh. and i think sometimes you know that's all we really want yeah, yeah, you know yeah. we're, we don't really want to look too much deeper than that right so we're accustomed to that right i mean you're listening to christian radio you're hearing you know the, right. the creme de la creme of of top speakers and preachers uh, uh, years ago john i uh, had the um I guess that was a pleasure to be on a pastor nominating committee uh, to look for a new pastor. And of course, you know, in that process, if anybody's ever done that or known someone who's done that, you see a lot of different candidates. It came down to two candidates and the one candidate was off the charts. I mean, this guy was a preacher par excellence. He was incredible, vibrant, energetic, really deeply compelling. The other pastor, the other choice, he was a good, he was a good speaker, but he was nowhere near, you know, the quality of that, that first candidate that I talked about. But there was something that was really beautiful about this guy. Now, we, we got a break because that first pastor said he was transparent. He, in the process with the conversation, he said, look, let me tell you, I'm a really good preacher. But as far as being a pastor, I don't have a whole heck of a lot uh, of skill set there. So if you would hire me, I'd hope you hire somebody to come along and be a, a co-pastor. Mm-hmm. Now, we, we weren't going to do that. So it sort of let us off the hook, but in some ways, that's the essence of what you're talking about, right? Yes, I, I think there are a couple of factors that contribute to this. One is this shift in expectations, where we the church has tended to elevate speaking ability over every other skill set, even I think to some degree over spiritual leadership and over even moral character, so that. We are many churches are primarily really interested in speakers, and you can understand why. I sure. think there's a very practical reason for it. We have to listen to these people week after week. <laughs> yeah. you know? Give me something. So I, I, you know, I really, I really want that to be an easy experience for me. And then when you combine that, then with also the the, the marketed culture of the church, where we're using preaching as a way of attracting people to the church and of course the the popularity of the megachurch model today even though most churches are not megachurches we have now become come to a place where we tolerate a great level of distance between the congregation and the pastor we don't really expect to be that close to the pastor's life. We don't expect the pastor really to invite us over for dinner. We don't expect the pastor to visit us in the hospital when we're sick. We don't really know enough about what's going on. And I think that's, you know, when we look at the harvest crisis, that's, you know, that's one of the dynamics you see in play is that things are happening, but and they're, and they're not really hidden. It's not, it's not like everything's a big secret. Right. But people aren't close enough to look at it, and be, and they're really not even seeing themselves as being empowered to ask hard questions and say, well, wait a minute. What's going you know, on? Maybe that's, maybe that's not responsible. Maybe we should have a different expectation. So that the blame is shared. I think that's really what, what I'm trying to say is that it's easy to point the finger at James. We really need to point the finger at ourselves, too, and ask ourselves. Like any any dysfunctional system... We need to ask ourselves, how are we complicit in complicit in this kind of a culture? Right. 
and you're and you're right. I mean, spot on with this culture that we live in now. Of course, everything is sort of entertainment. So we expect as someone stands in front of us that they've got the goods not only to inform us biblically and to preach the gospel, but at the same time they've got to entertain us and be charismatic or you know show that you know flash that certain um, thing that's undefinable, but we know what it is when we see it. That's and on the one hand. Sometimes we confuse the two. That is, we confuse that skill in uh, speaking and even skill in exposition. We, we identify that as moral character, when in fact it may not be. It may just be that somebody is a good speaker. And, and also it creates a, uh, you know, a mentality in ourselves where that's really all we're really interested in. As long as we, you know, as long as we are being our attention is being held as long as we are being entertained we don't really want to probe much beyond that you know so when sometimes when some of these questions come up we don't even want to discuss them you know we don't want to we don't want to ask hard questions we don't really want to look at the budget we don't want to ask whether what should that salary really be masked behind all the staff salaries and not be lined out so that we know what church leaders who are being paid are being paid um which is a really surprisingly common practice, you know. That there is, there's a, that transparency, it's transparent, but it's not really that transparent. No, in fact, I, I don't even think it's, I'm, I'm not sure that it's even fiscally responsible, you know. I, I'm not sure that, uh, for most large organizations, uh, you know, you can find out what the CEO is getting paid. All you have to do is, you know, all you have to do is get a copy of the annual report. Right. But it's more and more common for churches to lump all of that together. And I, and I realize one of the reasons they do that, it's awkward for the pastors. When I was a pastor, and I was not a pastor in a large church, I was a pastor in a small congregation. My salary was in the budget every year the congregation you know, got to discuss it. I didn't particularly enjoy that, but I thought it was responsible. <laughs> yeah, know, yeah, of course. Really, you know, it was above board uh, for the church to do that. And isn't that kind of weird? Because, you know, culturally, of course, that's the last thing people are going to talk about, about is their salary for the most part. Unless you're, yeah. you know, an athlete or an entertainer, you, you get together at, at a gathering, people aren't going to disclose their salaries. But there's there's the poor pastor, you know, there he is in front of the congregation, everybody nods their head and goes, oh, yeah, that guy's worth $70,000 a year. Why are we paying that guy 80000 Whatever's going on, right? Well, so, I think that's what we don't want. You know, I mean, I, I think right. that's why we get uncomfortable with it. But I, but I actually think it, it is necessary and it's responsible. And that's really what we're talking about here is a level of responsible stewardship, a level of responsible accountability. And that is a, that is a responsibility that certainly rests on the church's leadership team, but it also rests on the shoulders of the congregation as a whole. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's so that as we, if we're pointing fingers here, we need to be careful not to just point fingers at one person, but then ask ourselves, and not just, in, you know, we're, we're observers here when it comes to the harvest crisis, but I think there's lesson to be learned to look at our own situation and come back and say, well, wait a minute, you know, am I passive? Am I complicit in some way in, in, in uh, enabling the church 
to behave irresponsibly, and maybe we need to ask some hard questions in our own context. Well, you know, I think more often than not, though, right, as you hire a new pastor, you want him or her to be that person. And so there's a certain amount of integrity built into the title of pastor already. So you think, well, you know, my due diligence may be, may be lacking because I believe that the person who was before us was as advertised and was here to, you know, provide us with the, to, to be that shepherd. And I think that's true. Yeah, I think that's true. I think we do tend to give uh, the benefit of the doubt. I also think that, again, our our idea of what we expect from pastors has changed, that, um, you know, we ought, many of us see them primarily as public, you know, we, we see their public ministry, we see them as public figures, and maybe we rethink what we're, we even mean when we're talking about pastor and go back to the biblical idea of a shepherd. Hmm. That's good. Somebody who, who is engaged with the, you know, with the lives of the congregation. And, and, and again, mainly to recognize that this responsibility is a shared responsibility, that, that we are all uh, mutually sharing the responsibility for the, the church's uh, ethical behavior and its stewardship. Right. But it, but it is interesting. There's something to be said about, you know, whether it's James McDonald or what happened at Harvest Bible Chapel or wherever there's that, you know, that ego and uh, placement and money and prestige. More often than not, and it seems like it's a recipe for disaster. And I, I you know, I, I don't think it's necessarily American 21st century culture, but there is something to be said about that, that you know, you include that thing where a guy walks into a room or the, the woman walks into a room and they're, they're celebrity pastors. It carries a lot of weird baggage that, you know, a yeah. regular pastor on a street corner in a small church would never even uh, decipher what that is. I don't know that it's size per se. You know, when you're reading in the book of Acts, you have some pretty large numbers thrown out there in terms of conversions. So I, I don't know that the early church... You know, you could say, "Oh, the early church was only small." I mean, I, but I do think that the the celebrity mentality, the celebrity culture, is damaging the whole idea of pastoral ministry. Right. It's certainly not the image that the Bible uses for church leadership. The image the Bible uses is the image of slavery, servanthood. Yeah, so, uh, but you know, I mean, so but imagine, I mean, I'm sure you know this is true because. You were a pastor. You've been in seminary. You you teach you know budding pastors. Ninety nine percent of the people that you're encountering have no such connection to this or any wherewithal of the amount of chutzpah to want to be involved in something like that. It just kind of finds its own way, doesn't it? Well, and most I think it's also we need to know that the all the pastors that I know personally are really just people who are trying to be faithful servants to their church. Without a doubt. I, I think the normal pastor is not this image of the superstar who's enriching themselves off the church. No, no, no. Yeah. But it does feed my aspiration. <laughs> you know, when I, it's one of the things that I wrestle with with my students. When, I, when we see these examples of these kind of churches, and I say to them, that's not going to be you. They often think that I'm just being negative. And I'm saying, no, it's, it's really just a math problem. You know, the majority of churches in North America are 100 or less. So, you know, I, we need to really have a realistic view also of what pastors are doing and 
I think by restoring that shepherding model, I think that will help us. Yeah. So there you are at Moody Bible Institute. You're the people that do that, right? You're the one who model the shepherd perspective. Well, we we are. That's part of what we do. That's certainly a, the vision that I have in terms of training the next generation of pastors. But it's really the church that selects them. It's the church that creates the culture. It's the church that ordains them. And it's the church that's really responsible for what the shape of pastoral ministry looks like. Amen. Well, John, well, thanks. I mean, thanks for your efforts uh, to be a part of that, uh, the initial molding and shaping, and, and then passing them down to the church to do their will. Well, I consider it a privilege. I'm happy to do it. Our pleasure. Thank you, John, for being with us. John Kessler, he's uh, from Moody Bible Institute, the author of The Radical Pursuit of Rest, Escaping the Productivity Trap. First Mortgages, Impact Mortgage Group, DBA Cash Call Mortgage, 19500 Jamboree Road, Irvine, California, 92612, NMLS 128231. Equal housing lender, not licensed in all states, including New York. Call 855-657-9910 for licensing terms and restrictions. Okay, here's the deal. You're a freelancer, a hired hand, a self-made, self-owned business of one. Whether you're a contractor, creative director, or consultant, you're the boss. And that makes things easy. Unless, of course, you're trying to get a mortgage. When it comes to qualifying for a cash-out refi, Gig economy workers come with more obstacles, more complexities, and more stress, right? Wrong. Dial 800-815-0745, and one of our cash-out mortgage specialists will help you qualify for the lowest interest loan possible, regardless of your source of income. It's the easiest call you'll make all day. Dial 800-815-0745. That's 800-815-0745. Make the cash call today. That's 800-815-0745. Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville has everything you need to protect your car or truck all winter long. Say goodbye to winter grind with an extreme detailing to help preserve the life and look of your vehicle. Got a new car? Protect your investment with TST Rust Remedy, the most effective rust control system you'll find anywhere. And spray-on bullet bedliners offer extreme protection tested in the most extreme conditions known to man. Call the Extreme Team now at 412-257-1006 or visit extremetruck.net. 412-257-1006, extremetruck.net. This Easter, celebrate the life of Christ as you break bread with family and friends and leave the cooking to Bistro to Go on the North Side with simply delicious gourmet creations sure to make your event memorable. Like brown sugar baked ham with pineapple sauce, maple glazed turkey with gravy, bistro pecan sweet potato casserole, whole chocolate mousse cake, and so much more for intimate gatherings to grand events. All reasonably priced for pickup and ready to serve. Order now at bistroandcompany.com. My Pillows, Mike Lindell, is on a mission to help you get the best sleep of your life. Hey, this is John Hall, and he certainly helped me. I love my pillow, as you well know. But now, Mike has gone the extra mile, nearly 6,000 miles, in fact, all the way to Giza in search of the best Egyptian cotton in the world to create the most comfortable sheets you'll ever own. MyPillow's Giza Dreams bedsheets, luxuriously soft, breathable, and extremely durable. One night and you'll never want to sleep on anything else. And right now, get a special 30% off MyPillow Dream Sheets with free shipping. Use promo code WORD when you call 800 391 
or place your order at MyPillow.com. 60-day money-back guarantee if you're not completely satisfied. Call 800-391-0954 or visit MyPillow.com. And be sure to use the promo code WORD for 30% off plus free shipping. Call 800-391-0954 or visit MyPillow.com. Sweet dreams from MyPillow. Rather cold again tonight, clear with a low of 25. Then tomorrow you'll see more sunshine. The afternoon will be milder, though, with a high of 56. Increasing clouds low 36 tomorrow night. And then Monday looks to be mainly cloudy, breezy with a shower around in the afternoon. Milder still with a high 62. Still mild with a couple of showers around Friday. I'm Mackie Weather Meteorologist Frank Strait on 101.5 Word FM. The Word FM Quartet's got some new sounds. How about that? Wouldn't it be great to be able to do that? Like being in a club somewhere and, you know, just play along. Anyway, hey, have you heard about the, um, it was supposed to be history making, the first all-female spacewalk. It's not a joke. It was supposed to happen this Friday. That uh, the United States uh, have two astronauts up there in the uh, space station right now, uh, Anne McLean and Christina Koch. They were scheduled to conduct a spacewalk on Friday, but it's been canceled. Here's the, here's the lame reason why. Because they've only got one medium-sized hand upper torso spacesuit between them. Wrong. How about that? So they can't go together. So a, a guy's going to have to jump in, uh, an astronaut by the name of Nick Haig. He'll take uh, McLean's, astronaut McLean's place on Friday. Uh, the good news is, though, that um, the both astronauts, Anne McLean and Christina Koch, uh, are part of the 2013, NASA's 2013 astronaut class. And I don't know how large that class was, but from what I'm reading here from U.S. News & World Report, the class is fully 50% women. So more female astronauts than I just have to get the uh, the proper um, what? Outfit for the astronauts. It's a John Hall fashion rule. If you're going to send an astronaut into space, male or female, make sure that they are dressed appropriately. Very nice. How about the um, one more thing? Uh, and then we're going to we're going to talk uh, about classic Christian thinkers. Um, I, I saw this. I, I love this stuff. Um you go to museums much, Mike? Have you been to a museum lately? Uh, oh, well, there's a little pause there. It's been a while. Okay, so we just Heinz History Center. Uh, that, really. Yeah, it's not a museum. So sports the museum? What? They have a sports museum. The Heinz History Center does. Yeah. Oh, you're right about that. That's true. They do. Yeah. I mean, I guess you could call it a museum. Yeah, it's a mu- it's a museum of history of uh, Pittsburgh artifacts. Mm-hmm. So in some ways, it's a. But I'm talking about you know the classical. You know, you go into a gallery and there is. You know, yeah. modern art or whatever. Um, we, we don't live that far away from Clayton, which is, you know, part of the the Frick. And we're, we, we saw this oh, exhibition, yeah. uh, French street photography of the early 20th century from like 1900 to 1940. Terrific exhibition. Highly recommended. If you've never been to the Frick over Clayton on Penn Avenue, oh, please go there. It's gorgeous. Oh, man, is that great. I had an uncle who refused to go in there. Because he was still mad at the Fricks for the... Um, Johnstown flood. No, for the steel strike and for oh. the Pinkerton guards and all that. 
my uncle Bill. He was like, I'm not going over there. I mean, that's pretty hardcore. It's all right. But, but anyway, they've got this, um, they've got a beautiful art museum. They've got antique cars on displays. And Clayton, the house itself, Henry Clay Frick's mansion, what a look back in time. Oh, yeah. Just absolutely perfect. So anyway, we went, we went to that exhibition uh, about the uh, French art um, uh, street photography. But I saw this thing today. Let me just mix about as many, about 15 things in here as possible. <laughs> <laughs> I digress. Um, there's a guy who is known as the Indiana Jones of art, and um, he is a Dutch art detective. And uh, that title, the Indiana Jones of the art world, has uh, struck again because he is credited with finding a Picasso long since lost that was worth more than 30 million euros. It was stolen in 1999 from a Saudi sheik's yacht on the French Riviera. What? Isn't that cool? Yeah. Uh, it was a masterpiece, p- Portrait of Dora Mara, also known as the Busta de Femme, uh, and uh, was handed back just, uh, just a couple of weeks ago. $30 million. Apparently... This thing changed hands more than 10 times until this Indiana Jones of lost art was able to unearth it. And someone came to his house in the Netherlands and said, here's the piece. Overnight, he hung it on his wall in his apartment. And he said at the time, I had the richest house in the Netherlands (laughs) because it's worth so much money. And then the next day, he took it to a secure location, and apparently it's back in the hands, not of the original owner, the sheik, uh, the Saudi sheik, but in the hands of the insurance company. Because I believe the insurance company would pay off the sheik for the, for the loss, so now it's in the hands of some insurance company. I would never be able to hang that on my wall. Would you be too anxious about it? Yeah, I would. Being that, that painting that much money, how right. much was it? Millions uh, thir- of dollars? 30, 30 million euros. Yeah. If that thing falls off my wall and breaks. Well, you would hang it properly. You would hire someone to do a proper job I, of, I, I, of I, hanging it. I wouldn't trust it. What? That's a lot of money. I wouldn't just hang it. If it breaks, it's not worth anything. No, no. It's insured. Oh, you okay. would also insure it, right? Yeah. yeah. You would. I mean, there's, do you know who Steve Wynn is? Steve no. Wynn is um, a Las Vegas casino, um, you know, He's been doing this probably since the 60s, okay. worth hundreds of millions of dollars. Famously, probably more than 15 years ago, Steve Wynn, he had one of these multi-million dollar paintings. He accidentally stuck his hand through it. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> yeah. How do you accidentally I don't know. stick your hand? Well, he probably, you know, uh, he was, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I'm That's not going to speak for Steve Wynn, but Whatever. he ruined this painting. And I, and I believe because he did it, it was not covered by insurance. Wow. So... That's just the problems of the rich and famous. I'm sorry. So, yeah. You go to art.com and buy yourself a, a cheap print or just go to a secondhand store. You there put you beauty on the wall. Okay, we'll take a break. Come back. Uh, who's with us next? Oh, yeah. Uh, we're going to talk about classic Christian thinkers. You haven't heard them here in that last segment. John Hall being one of them. No, I don't think so. Uh, no. Uh, Professor Kenneth Samples will join us from Reasons to Believe. Stick around for that, please. W-O-R-D. Israel is a hot mess. So God sends the prophet Isaiah with a solemn warning. Did the people listen? Did they set aside their power, money, and influence and then turn to God? 
Well, hop aboard the Bible bus and find out. As this week, we set our GPS to the Old Testament and learn how Isaiah's words from long ago are also appropriate for our country and every country of the world today. Through the Bible, this evening at 9 p.m. on 101.5 WORD. Thinking about life insurance? What if you could make one free phone call and learn your best price from nearly a dozen highly rated price competitive companies? Well, that's exactly what happens when you call SelectQuote Life. For example, George is 40. He was getting sky-high quotes from other companies because he takes meds to control his blood pressure. But when I shopped around, I found him a 10-year, $500,000 policy for under $25 a month. I'm SelectQuote agent Dan Savino. And believe me, if SelectQuote isn't shopping for your life insurance, you're probably paying too much. For your free quote, call 800-494-2323. That's 800-494-2323. 800-494-2323. Or go to selectquote.com. Since 1985, we shop, you save. Get full details on the example policy at selectquote.com commercials. Their price could vary depending on your health issuing company and other factors. Not available in all states. Ask yourself, if you built a van for your business, where would you start? At the beginning, of course. With the people who invented the work van over 100 years ago, Mercedes-Benz. You'd give your new Mercedes-Benz Sprinter advanced technology and safety to keep you connected and protected. You'd make it available in diesel and gas, and there would be thousands of configurations and upfits to choose from. You'd build it right here in the USA, because your one-of-a-kind business deserves nothing less than a van that's built for you. Introducing the all-new Mercedes-Benz Sprinter. The safest, most innovative sprinter yet, starting at just 33790 Built for you, the all-new Sprinter, built in the USA. Mercedes-Benz. Vans. Born to run. NSFP excludes all options, taxes, title, registration, transportation, charge, and dealer prep fee. Options, model availability, and actual dealer price may vary. See dealer for details about costs and terms. Equipment described as optional. 2019 Mercedes-Benz Sprinter available soon. I'm Alexandra. I'm the styling director at Guilt Group. I've always believed that when a woman is in an outfit that she loves, she not only looks amazing, but she feels amazing too. What am I working for? To inspire confidence through style. At ADP, we're designing a better way to work so you can achieve what you're working for. HR, talent, time, benefits, and payroll. Informed by data and designed for people. Learn more at design.adp.com. Got different companies running your web design, social media marketing, and geofencing, but not sure which is getting you customers and which is a waste of your dollars? Contact us at Salem Surround. We can put all your digital marketing under one roof, give you monthly reports, and instantly move your advertising to the most effective areas of your digital marketing suite. Salem Surround. Learn more by logging on to surroundpittsburgh.com. Surroundpittsburgh.com. Connecting you with new customers. Don't you always laugh when you hear people say, well, you know, to be a person of uh, Christian faith, you got to be kind of stupid, right? You hear that a lot, which is ridiculous. When you think about the, the scope and the depth of the men and women who have come before us and uh, their intellectual curiosity and their deep dive into things that are mysterious and wonderful, I mean, God bless all the, the Christian thinkers. Uh, 
Professor Ken Samples is with us. Professor uh, joins us uh, from Reasons to Believe. It's a ministry that we absolutely love. He's got a brand new workout called Classic Christian Thinkers. And uh, Ken, welcome back. I mean, every time you write something and I read it, I always feel a little smarter, and this is no exception. Well, that's a, that's a wonderful plug for my book, John. I really appreciate it, and I enjoy being on with you. Well, thanks so much. I mean, I, it's true. So for people, like you know, as I said, people think, well, if you're a believer, you've given up all license to be a, a smart person. Well, nothing could be further from the truth, because the backbone of Christianity are some amazing people who have really deep roots in Christian theology and an intellectual heft as well. That's exactly right. Uh, You know, when you think of some of the great Christian thinkers, somebody like Augustine or Thomas Aquinas or Anselm, John Calvin, Luther, these are not just great Christian thinkers. These are some of the people whose works really were classics of Western civilization and some of the most important individuals in the world. Yes, no doubt they are. So, so what about this? How do these these men, especially uh, of ancient faith, um, who um, you, you brought up Anselm or Augustine of Hippo, um, how were these men schooled and then introduced into classical Christianity? Those two things, because I'm sure there was a, a lot of men who were, you know, in the 11th century or the 12th century. They may not have been men of faith. But there are these bright and shining stars who combine the intellectual dilemma, the work of it all, along with that overlay of, the, of what it is to be a believer of Jesus. Yeah, that's exactly right. Uh, I'll give you just a couple quick examples. Augustine uh, is, of course, uh, a student in the Greco-Roman world. He is a rhetorician. Uh, in fact, it was Augustine's goal to be a, a spokesperson for Caesar himself. And um, it is through various issues in which Augustine is converted to Christianity and uh, writes books like The City of God, his book The Confessions. And I mean, if you go to a great books program today, if I went to Biola University or Thomas Aquinas College, uh, a couple of Augustine's books would be at the top of the list. And these, these again, are, are uh, books of, of classical antiquity, if, if you will, and, you know, we find it as well. John Calvin, for example, was an, an expert in uh, cl- the classics. So these are individuals who have had uh, a lot of, they're, they're deeply informed about the classical world, but they see Christianity as the fundamental answer to life's biggest question. So, Ken, a, a lot of people listening, you know, they're going, okay, I, I nod my head. I'm familiar with the names, although I'm intimidated to pick up any works by uh, any of these classic Christian thinkers. What's the, what's the turnkey here? What's the gateway for people who have a curiosity but at the same time are intimidated by the process? Yeah, that's really the reason I wrote my book. I, I want Christians to realize that uh, – many of the classics of Western civilization belong to the historic Christian Church. And I tried to write a book that would introduce these figures to people and then encourage them, take the next step. You know, uh, Augustine's Confessions or Athanasius's book, On the Incarnation, these are books that you can read. I'm, I'm not saying that they're always easy, uh, but you can discover some of the great literature, uh, again, in Western civilization. And 
I'm, I like to think that my book is that, that bridge uh, to reading more deeply, reflecting. And, and remember, Christians who lived in the ancient world or medieval world or uh, the time of the Reformation, they struggle with the same things you and I struggle with. Yeah. There's nothing new under the sun. So when you think about you know you and your progression as a young man into the classic Christian thinkers and how that equipped and certainly emboldened your faith, who was that person? Who was that classic thinker that you first grabbed onto and thought, oh my goodness, I see something here that I'd not encountered before, and it's changed how I look at things? Yeah, you know, I have to say of the nine people that I write in my book, I really view them as friends. I view them as mentors. I view them as people who teach me and challenge me. I see their warts and their flaws, but, but I, it makes me realize God can use me because he uses broken, fallen people. Uh, there's a lot of them in there. It's hard for me to pick one, but I'll, I'll pick Blaise Pascal. Hmm. Here's a guy who's a physicist. He's a mathematician. He's a logician. He invents a calculating machine in the 1600s which is the first technological step toward a computer. And this guy is a passionate disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. His his conversion was literally extraordinary. So these are some of the some of the people who've had just just remarkable changes in their life when they embraced Christianity. Excellent. Well, listen, Ken, it's a great bridge, like I said. So for people who are so inclined and and leery of diving deep into classic Christian thinkers, this is a great, great gateway. Uh, uh, Really just excellent work. Ken Samples, who joins us from Reasons to Believe, the author of several books. The newest is called Classic Christian Thinkers. Ken, my friend, always a pleasure. Thanks for being with us. Thank you, John. Take a break, come back. Oh, we get a smidge more ahead. The sun's shining on a Tuesday afternoon in early spring. This is good. It is good to be alive. Thanks for staying with us. We'll be back in just a few minutes. Jen had a very busy day today. Really busy. First, she dropped her kids off at daycare. Then she had a few minutes before yoga class for a coffee. Small latte, please. And then she saved a few lives. Nurse, two units, O negative. One, an injured child. Another, a cardiac patient. And then, a premature baby. All because Jen logged on to bloodsciencefoundation.org and made a financial donation. There, done. You see, local blood donors provide only about half of what is needed to treat patients. The other half has to be purchased and relies on financial donations from people like you and Jen. So, what have you done today? To make a financial donation that saves lives, visit bloodsciencefoundation.org. Blood Science Foundation. Giving from the heart. When I hear my friends talk about it, I want to say something. But homosexuality is a very sensitive issue. Every time I hear about it at school, it's all one-sided. It doesn't feel safe. Students today are being challenged by the culture and their teachers and professors like never before. And they're hearing lots of confusing messages about sexuality. Most of the messages are one-sided. Equip the teens in your life to express their Christian values in an honest, Christ-centered way during this year's annual Day of Dialogue, April 10th, sponsored by Focus on the Family. Students can learn how to participate in this significant event at their school. 
Prepare your son or daughter to respond in a confident, loving way when their biblical beliefs are challenged. Sign up today at dayofdialogue.com. That's dayofdialogue.com. Right now, there's a child living in extreme poverty with no future and no hope. But you can bring hope when you become a Compassion International sponsor. Just text the word CHILD to 83393 and sponsor a child right now. Some new music here from the Ward FM Jazz Quartet. They'll be appearing at the uh, Starlight Lounge every Friday in the month of April. Okay, just kidding. We got this uh, flat screen TV in the lobby here, and um, came in this morning. There's always something different on it. Sometimes, you know, occupational hazard. You see your face. I walk in. And there's my head on the TV. Go, hey, oh. Change the channel there. Anyway, uh, the last couple of days, we've been watching the uh, Bald Eagles from Hayes. Have you seen these? You know, the, the Bald Eagles now, they have um, – uh, there's two chicks. I guess that's the proper bird terminology. Two chicks <laughs> uh, that are now hatched, and the mother is nesting with them. They are these sweet little little furry white fluff balls. And I guess you can get this anywhere, right? It's streaming live on the web. That's right. So there's a camera just, you know, focused right on them. It's really fascinating. And then, so we're talking about that, and Mike goes, well, I think I can try some." Oh, I started talking about turtles. I want to see turtles on that TV set. And so Mike went on to his phone, and I don't know, you know, the power of technology. All of a sudden, Mike's bringing up, like, you know, scenes of underwater, what, uh, Caribbean, coral reefs. tropical fish floating yeah. through, and there's, you know, stingrays, and these beautiful, I mean, there's Dora the Explorer, and all. Dora, no. Well, you know, you know Dora the Fish. Oh, okay. Okay, you know that. Anyway, so um, I say all this because yesterday, <laughs> Apple, you know, they've kind of run out of steam. Uh, ever since Steve Jobs has passed away, uh, they've been trying to find that next new big thing. So they're throwing a lot of stuff at the walls. And uh, part of the thing that got my attention was that they're now going to roll out this thing called Apple News Plus. Here's the deal. I'm going to do this, I think. Apple's three-year-old Apple News service getting a major upgrade in the form of Apple News, ten bucks a month, nine ninety nine a month per subscription, giving you users unlimited access to more than three hundred magazines. Oh, that's cool! Holy smokes! That's a lot of magazines. That surely is. No, it's worth it. Remember the days when you'd go to like you know the newsstand. Oh man, I, didn't you? Love, I love this. There's still some small shadow of that, I believe, like at Barnes and Nobles. Right, you go in and they still have the magazine section. I remember being a, a kid and having paperboy money and going up to the local, my neighborhood pharmacy and standing there having a cherry Coke, a phosphate. And the guy was always like, if you're not going to buy them, don't pick them up and read them. But, I, you know, I'd, I'd buy like sports magazines or popular mechanics or whatever and just browse. Stand there and read and read and read, and then finally, okay, I'm going to buy a, I'm going to buy a magazine. I'm, I'm a paying customer. But, boy, like, like everything, like anything in print media right now, print is really crushed hard, really crushed hard. Breaks your heart when you look at the, the, the demise of the daily paper, you know, whether it was the Pittsburgh Press or now the, the shadow of what is the Post-Gazette or the Trib, Pretty much gone. I mean, clearly, in our lifetime, soon, within the matter of five years, I'm sure, most print media, most daily newspapers will go away. 
I mean, you know, the New York Times is very strong. The big, the big ones are still strong. Washington Post, L.A. Times, Miami Herald, all that. You know, the major metropolitans. But the smaller cities and especially, I mean, I grew up reading the Braddock Free Press. I loved that paper. Every week it came. But, okay, so would I spend 10 bucks to get access to 300 magazines? Yeah, I think I would. Uh, it includes Wired, Vanity Fair. Okay, I do read Wired. I like Wired. Vanity Fair, mm, kind of hit or miss, right? Um, golf Digest. Yeah. If you're a golfer. Um, Gluten-free living standard. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I didn't even know that was a magazine. Well, that's the thing about that's the thing. When you go to like Barnes and Nobles and you see all the print magazines, you kind of go, "I can't believe these guys are even in business." I had a friend who worked for years uh, selling ad space uh, at Scientific America in Manhattan. He made a very fine living selling ad space in Scientific America. Now, I don't know if that magazine's still in publication. My friend since retired, but holy smokes! Anyway, that's my plug. I'm not trying to plug Apple like they need me to plug it. I'm just curious about what's out there in the print media and how to gain access to it. Ten bucks a month, I think that's doable for access to 300 magazines. John Hall Fashion Roll, is that a magazine that's available? That is not available. No, thank goodness. No, it's not available. (laughs) Hey, Hey, thanks for being with us today. Have a great night. Go for a walk and enjoy the evening. God willing, we'll see you same time tomorrow. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, a production of Word FM and Salem Communications. This is Michael Medved at michaelmedved.com for Town Hall. On the campaign trail, several leading Democratic presidential candidates expressed support for the concept of reparations paid to black people to compensate for the crimes of slavery. The most uncomfortable questions about this terrible suggestion aren't what it says about the past, but what it means for our future. Most advocates want reparations paid out over time, not in a single lump sum, but when would the payments end? And what about an African-American baby born in, say, 2050? Would she be entitled to reparations too? Affirmative action was supposed to be a temporary program terminated once equality was achieved, and yet it's continued to give preferential treatment based on race for more than 50 years. If government bonuses like race-based preferences in college admission and some hiring go on indefinitely, then that would perpetuate racial differences rather than unifying the country. I'm Michael Medved. Sharing the word that changes the world. 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh, a service of Salem Media Group.
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.